guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hi, everyone. Welcome to That's Not in the Book. I'm your host, Agent X, and I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that no AA member, including guests on this show, speak for AA as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. If you'd like to get in contact with me at any time, please reach out at that's not in the book at hotmail.com. <laughs> I just looked over at your picture and snorted because I just got, I get so excited when I see your face. <laughs> and I hope, I don't know if you've always been that way. Like, have you always just been someone since you were a small child that people are so excited to see? Because I have a feeling the answer might not be yes. <laughs> 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 well, of course, that depends on who you talk to. Um, right. <laughs> I had fans, and um, but they dwindled as the years went on. And by the time I was about to get sober, the only time I, anyone ever wanted to see me was because they were pounding on the front door. Yeah. And they saw my car outside somewhere that it shouldn't have been. I have a feeling that you are sort of like me in the way, because we both have pretty big personalities, right? Where people really wanted to like me, right? Like what they could see, like they wanted to like me and they'd give me all these chances. And it was like, I could be this person that you wanted to like for a certain set of time, but then that like mask would come off and then the really broken part of me would always come out and like you would leave because you had to, I would force you to leave me, you know? And um, that just became lonelier and lonelier as time went on. Yeah. People, yeah. People tried to like me. I graduated from high school because of that, actually. That's the only reason I graduated. Yeah. I got a bunch of stories like that, but yeah, I've, I've, I've um, my thing used to be getting furious and flipping over a table and trashing a place and storming out of a room. That used to be kind of like my thing. Yes. You I, know? I, I can do that. I, I, used that to, uh, I, got, I got in trouble for throwing rocks at nuns. <laughs> I, um, I lit my desk on fire. Yes. Hurled out of a window. What year was that in your life? That was, the desk was uh, 1988. Like how old were you is what I'm saying. I was 17. Yeah, 17 was, was pretty rough too. So by I the time fine. I was 17, it was pretty rough. So today, like, not only do I like you, <laughs> I feel like everyone likes you. <laughs> everyone likes you not because, not because of some superficial shit. I know you're a male model and all those things. And that is really important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People like, people like me for my looks basically. Basically. But the truth is, is that you, um, you clay are the most influential person in my life in, since I met you this year, you've been the biggest Um, influence of me. uh, I don't even know what to say. That's that touches me. Is it better than being a male model? To be the most influential person? No. <laughs> no, not even. Do you cuss on your podcast? <laughs> yes. Do you cuss on this? Yes. It's 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 not even fucking close. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's good money. You know, it's all the sex you want. Um. Since I'm an alcoholic, you get to pick your root beer. I mean, it, it's, 
I could go on and on, but it's a good life. It is. So it's only just right above being a good, influential, amazing person to the sick and suffering alcoholics such as myself. No, there's a bunch of other stuff between that too. Okay. <laughs> being of service to others is way far, far down your I don't scale. Know what that, I don't care about that. So um, <laughs> we met in 2020. Is it all right if I tell the story of how we met? Because it, yeah, I, I just, it cool. always makes me like a little bit teary. Um, yes. We met in 2020 and I don't know how. I think all somebody said um, the... Instagram memers and podcasters are all very incestuous. So we're all like pretty tight. That's true. <laughs> and so I'm assuming that uh, my guest is Clay F. He's the author of the Sarcastic Big Book, which we'll talk about later, and has the funniest meme page of what, how do we find you just at Sarcastic Big Book on Instagram? Sarcastic.aa.book on Instagram. Yeah. Easily the funniest one on the internet. Um, I mean, Silkworth is pretty hilarious, not going to lie. He's right there. But, I mean, I feel like the sarcastic book changes lives at a deeper, because what's the truth? When I read the big book, literally backwards, like, and it is so much, it's even more obvious. And I think that's the way that I take my sponsees through the steps is I love talking about like, oh, obviously, how and where are we to find this power? Good news. We don't got to make it up, you know? And um, it's actually really effective. It's really effective not to just sit in like 1935 as verbatim. So anyways, yours is, yours is very effective. And I also have, I have one of my favorite people in the world. She is heavily alcoholic addict. She's been around the rooms for years and years and years, and she refuses to do the work required, right? And she goes crazy a lot. And she's so lovable because alcoholics are so lovable, right? You know, our so- our souls are beautiful. And, um, and she just keeps, will come up with all these unique reasons why she doesn't need to do the steps. And I remember one day, I just jumped on your, your Instagram really quick. And I was able to download like, 18 memes just to send her about all the bullshit that she was spouting. One of them was like, I just pick a step and work the sponsors. And I'm like, this is literally what you're doing. Like, it's not unique. It's not creative. We're so ununique, aren't we? Yeah. That one's not mine. I didn't make that up. Oh, you didn't? You should have, you should have took credit. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's most of my do. That's one I, I heard. Years yeah, but at the same time, like it's not unique, so you don't have to make it up. That's just something that happens in AA. That if right. we just have a sponsor and keep working them, we just keep jumping the sponsors every time it gets hard. You know, we, you know, you see it all the right. time. It makes sense. So I assume that's how you met um, podcast greater than yourself friends, and then me and them met that way, and then we all started a AA meeting. And then I met you and um, we didn't really know each other except for much. Like I was kind of like a fangirl for hilarity. I'm like, ha ha, he's adorable and love him, you know, but we didn't really know each other. We just, I just seen your face in our meeting. That's about the extent of it. Right. And um, my son has started drinking and using drugs and getting in a lot of trouble. And he, something had happened. I think he got arrested and I just, instantly instantly knew I didn't know what to do and that I couldn't do it on my own and my 
prayer immediately was like, God, who's, who can help me? Please send me someone to help me. And before I even finished praying, he said, Clay F. And I go, that's weird. I don't even know the man. (laughs) So I, um, I like Instagram messaged you. Do you have children? And you said, no. And I go, well, way to go, God. That was a dumb mistake. Like how embarrassing. (laughs) I go, that's so weird. First of all, you'd be an incredible father, you know, but second of all, I am, I'm, I'm really struggling with my son. And I asked God and God said, you, so sorry. I don't know why he said that. And you said, I know why, because I help teenagers, teenage boys or something. I help young men. And I was like, the fuck you do. (laughs) Yep. Out of all the people I know, he's like, how about this guy? Yeah. And then, yeah, here we are. I'm really grateful for that. It was a real honor to get that. And so you have helped me. um, Like I couldn't have gotten where I'm with my kids today. Yes. I was on the floor crying yesterday, but like, there's no, there's the harm isn't there. Like we've kind of diffused me like the explosions aren't there at least on my part. And um, yeah. So where I, the path I'm on now is a completely different experience. And uh, there's, I think I would have, I feel like I would have lost him already without you we wouldn't have even got here without you. So thank you for helping me and my family. And I love you so much. I love you too. So speaking of God and cool kids, because of how cool we were, like who would think that today I'm like, um, Hey Clay, do you want to come hang out and read about God with me? (laughs) And what's your answer? Like, fuck yeah, I do. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do this now. Oh God. Yes. Who would have thought though? Who would have thought the supermodels, the cool kids, the bad parents, we're all here reading the book, getting excited about God. So we're on page 46. You don't even know where we're starting. All right. Now I do. Oh, except I'm lying. We're not on 46. Um, we're actually on 48. Okay. And I don't ever tell anyone where we're at because you know, it's not about that. We're just going to read this book, not make anything up by talking about our experiences. I love it. So we're on the bottom of 49. It says, we who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions of people. So did you say that you went to Catholic school? No. How'd you get to the nuns then? How are you throwing rocks at nuns? Um, the One of the schools I went to was next to a, I don't know what you call it. Nuns hung out there. It was a nunnery. A nun- I think it's literally called a nunnery. It's the first. Yeah. But no, it's not. That sounds like. I don't know. I don't know. It, was some, it was a hospital slash something. I had a really strange name. Like Mary Health of the Sick. Something that was really. What is that? And so, you know, when I was growing up for a while, I was, I would stage fake fights um, to try to get them to respond. Mm. And then when they stopped responding, I resorted to, no, but I didn't go to, I didn't go to Catholic school. My entire religious upbringing uh, was, I can tell you right now, because it's very short. Yeah. One day when I was a little kid, 
a big blue bus showed up in front of my house, took my sister and me to Sunday school, brought us back, dropped us off. My mom said, did you like that? And I said, it was boring. And then she never made you go back. The end. It never, it never, literally never came up again. Wow. So when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I really had a blank slate. Yeah. So you didn't have an aversion to this. Oh, I did. Oh, to, to religion or AA? Or? To, to the religion God part of getting well. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, absolutely. I was a, I was, I, I could prove there was no God. I had, right. you know, it talks about the windy arguments. I was really running off at the mouth about that constantly to everyone. I was a really, really, really a loud little Aries atheist. Yeah. I love it. Well, and to this day, I basically could still disprove God if I wanted to and with the argument, right? Like the argument still actually stands in my life. I can literally like prove there's no God today. Unfortunately, fortunately, slash fortunately, I have more evidence of the existence of God in my life today than I have cells in my body. Like there's, like it's so undeniably true for me, but I can still give you an argument as to why God doesn't exist. <laughs> I could, we don't have time to get into it, but I could, I could prove that the universe is actually tiny. Yeah. Using, using, using Led Zeppelin, but we, that's a very different topic. <laughs> One day we should talk about this. I'm down. But at the same time, like the undeniable experience that um, the 12 step program of Alcoholics Anonymous supplies for fun, for free, and and infallibly by following the directions means that all of it is mute. Like it's a mute, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Like it it doesn't matter what you think. And I love the way that Bill talks because it's kind of like how we talk where he's like, oh, you're an atheist. So, so are the rest of us. It's so ununique. Like he keeps breaking us down to this bitter ununiqueness, which actually I found out through inventory is my biggest fear. (laughs) Being invisible is my biggest fear, Clay. Could you imagine? (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. It's usually the response I get. (laughs) it says people of faith have a logical idea of what life is about actually we used to have no reasonable conception whatever we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons persons of all races colors and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability happiness and usefulness which we should have sought ourselves. Let's think about those nuns. Those bitches knew their life path, were able to give up all the things society tells them to do, go and help sick people. I mean, it's like they knew what you and I had to learn. Don't you? I, I, when I read this, I think about the religious example in my life really was one of my aunts was very religious and she didn't like that. I had long hair, as you probably heard me say, when I was growing up, I was a beautiful woman. I had really long flowing, just gorgeous hair. And she 
didn't like that. And as a result, I didn't like her. And I kind of wrote her off and I, and I just wrote her. She was on my inventory fucking bitch, you know, yeah. doesn't Judge like my, all. she thinks, you know, rush is satanic and she doesn't like my hair and all this stuff. And, um, when I did an inventory and my heart was starting to thaw, um, I realized, and this, that's what I think about when we read this paragraph, I realized that um, she was always there for me. If I was ever really in a bind, she was the one who would pick me up. She was the one who was consistently good with a capital G. She was quiet. She was, um, but her actions were very loud. And she was really one of the only adults in my life looking back that had a logical idea of what life was really about. Yeah. So I tried Christianity for a while in between my AA stints. So I went to AA eight years before I was in absolutely no way, shape or form ready, but I loved the idea. I love this idea that you could pray And um, because I had little moments while I was just hanging out in meetings, little tiny spiritual experiences, even though I wasn't doing anything required. And um, I was like, this is fun. And so in between the the first and second, you know, I tried Christianity. And because here's why, huge brain. Dude, I'm so smart. You can be a Christian and have God and wine at the same time. He even suggests it, right? Like, genius. Yes. Um, and so I was being demonstrated this little, like kind little church group of people, incredible love, tolerance, like accepting and giving and, um, the way they treated their children and the way they treated my children and helpfulness. Right. And when I ended up leaving the church, the truth was, is because, you know, my drinking started coming into play And uh, I'd be drunk at church and I'd be drunk at our gatherings and, you know, really started to embarrass myself like always. But um, I started coming up with like some of their views, their thoughts on political issues. And so I was able to lump them all into the class of pieces of shit because of some of their air quotes, political issues, completely disregarding the evidence of the experience that I had with these genuinely loving, kind people. So it was like your one thing that you're you suck at. Well, fuck the 99% of you that actually was really beautiful. So yes, exactly the same. Yeah. I still can do that though, you know? Oh good. Well, don't do that. Yeah, right. Stop. Ask Stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop it the top of page 50. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people, just like I literally just said. Don't you love when you're reading the book and you say the sentence and then it comes? It's a next sentence. Next sentence, yes. And sometimes use their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. I didn't know I was about to read that sentence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant (laughs) ourselves. Boom. Don't tell us there's no God. This is this is what we do every day with this book, isn't it? We miss the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of his trees. You know, I would have hated Bill 85 years ago. I would have fought that guy, right? What is? And like, yet he's written the most 
incredible, poetic, infallible, beautiful thing I've ever read. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. So that's actually what the stories are for. There's no real instructions in there. There's a couple of good bits, but like the stories are for you to find how other people overcame this because again, we're so ununique. We are basic bitches. You're wildly good looking, but you're still a basic bitch when it comes to alcoholism. Right. Damn. I'm so sorry. Why we make this joke? You're a really good looking man. So, like one time on your podcast, you were saying something about like you ripped your pants because you were working out so hard. I didn't know if you were joking or not. And this whole time I was like, does he model? I don't know. So it's like wow, that's such a compliment. I don't I didn't know if you were kidding or not. I I yeah. think you're a really good looking guy. <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice. No, I, I was joking about the uh, pants. The calf ripping I, part? Yeah, it was my <laughs> shirt. <that I> ripped. <laughs> uh, it says, whether we agree with a particular approach or conceptions seems to make little difference. Uh, so that's really amazing, too. Like, you don't need my God experience. And I'm not selling you my spirituality. I'm not selling you my higher power. I'm not selling you my form of uh, a power. Most people don't even know what that is. It says it's a mute point. It doesn't make any difference. Experience has taught us that these matters are about which for our purposes, we need not be worried. They're questions for each individual to settle for himself. Good news. So beautiful. Hey, can you tell me how you settled this shit for yourself? I had an experience. I had an experience that I didn't really talk about for a really long time. And I've only mentioned it a few times in the last few years. And one of the times was on my podcast, but I really didn't ever share about it because it was so, I knew two things about it as soon as it happened. I'll tell you about it real quick. But what I knew right away was I could never explain this to anyone. Right. Wow. That was one of the, that was the, one of the inherent things I learned about it. And that um, it definitely was not me. Those are the two things I knew. I could never convince anybody that it wasn't me and that it wasn't me. That was what I knew. And so I didn't say anything about it for I, hardly ever. And what happened to me was um, when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, having fulfilled the requirements of the original first step, which was complete deflation. When I showed up really out of ideas, really, I could see just minutes into my future. I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going to go. No one was waiting for me. I had no appointment. I had no family. I had no, nobody. I had no, I had nothing. I didn't know what I was going to be doing 10 minutes from now. I had no, my life was gone. I had just come out of the hospital. I flatlined. I had died from alcohol poisoning. My family had fled the state of California to get away from me said I was not invited. I was unemployable. I only had a job prior to that because my drinking buddy's parents owned this way off hot dog stand. and I could show up whenever I wanted to. And as a matter of fact, that was the last place I drank was in that building because there was a power outage. And so we had a party and I drank a fifth of 
gin and a bottle of Long Island iced tea in like 15 minutes. And then I got in the car. That's for another story. But um, after all that, I came to this meeting where I met a man 40 days earlier. And I know that because I still have the book he gave me. He wrote the date down in September 10th, 1989. He wrote it on the top and he said, a year from now, we'll give you a cake. So anyways, when I went back there and um, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know. And I, he was there. And if he had not talked to me, I would not have come back. Mm. If he were into himself, if he were standing outside talking about tits or his day or how broke he was or something like that, I would never have come back to AA. So that one man being out of self and present for another person changed a lot of lives. And I think about that every single day of my life because he could have been out there saying, hey, man, I'm talking to somebody else and let me walk right by and I never would have come back. But he was so attentive to me and he looked at me in the eyes and he said, you know, we we do that. When I told him that I had drank again he, and, he, yeah. and he was so loving and, and it makes me cry right now thinking about it. And it was a big meeting and, 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 um, they said, are there new newcomers? And I was definitely not going to stand up and everybody stood up and, and then everybody sat down, they were about to move on. And he turned around and he pointed at me and he said, we have one more mm. and it changed my life. And I stood up and I was so self-conscious and I was so um, self-centered and I didn't see it. I just thought everything was about me and everybody was thinking about me, looking at me, talking about me, all this fucking bullshit. That in my mind, the narrative was if I said I was an alcoholic, everybody was going to turn around and point and laugh. I really imagined that. Mm-hmm. I really imagined everybody saying, pointing at me and laughing. And they said, they said my name. And then my head got silent. Mm-hmm. And I sat down in the back and I was looking around and I was thinking, these people are, I couldn't fathom that the man who was talking to me had not drank since the last time I saw him. I couldn't. I could not imagine not drinking 40 days. I couldn't. So for a whole meeting, I sat there saying, if you were in my brain while I was sitting there, it would sound something like this. It would be like, wait a minute. So this guy hasn't drank one drop in 40 days. Hold on a minute. (laughs) He was sober already. Wait a minute. Are you telling me this guy hasn't drank in um, two months? And I was going on. This is the whole meeting. That's the conversation. He said, we, he said, we do that. So I was like him. And I'm thinking if we're the same and he's sober, holy shit, there is hope for me. And I didn't have any, I didn't have any. And I got back in the car. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just left. I forgot everything that the guy shared some, Guy stood up at the podium and shared for 45 minutes. I don't know what he said. He, I remember one thing he said. This is another thing. He was going on and on. I don't know what he said, but he said one thing. He said, there's traffic on the 405, and I don't have to drink over that today. I had never driven on the 405 at that point in my life. It's a, it's a freeway in California. Yeah. And for some reason, that was the most profound thing I've ever heard in my life. I could not stop repeating that to myself. I don't know why. And I wanted to bring that up because... I think of that whenever I think 
someone's not sharing right in a meeting or that's not in the book. If I heard somebody say that in a meeting now, if and if I were not spiritually fit, I'd be like, that's not a big book. I'd be thinking like, dude, just shut up. You don't know who needs to hear what and when. Just shut up. He said that it was so profound to me. I got back in the car. I really didn't know what I was going to do. And the best way I can describe the experience that I'm finally getting to now is that I sat down in my car. I had a 75 Camaro. It was all primered and paint job was yes, all I see jacked it. up. And the windshield yes. was cracked. And it was, just a, <laughs> it was just a begging you to pull it over. Yeah. And <clears throat> I sat down in it. And that was my home. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And as soon as I sat down, I see it almost like as a cartoon. And I see a man. And I see this bouquet of fingers of blend pointing at the world. I'm I'm here because of you, because of you, because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that, because of this. So my girlfriend, parents, blah, this bitch, this asshole, mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And they all, and I and I'm I, I'm the king of mental masturbation. I I if you if you tell me a million reasons to do something back then, in three minutes I could have a million and one reasons why I shouldn't have to do it. And I would be able to articulate all of them. So I knew my inner workings of my mind. But I sat down. This had nothing to do with that. They sat down. I felt something. All the fingers of blame turned around mm. at me. And I, I've never yeah. doubted it since. That's, that's what happened to me, too. Okay, Good sorry. I'm like, I'm like shaking my hands in the air. I'm like, but, but, but me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And, it and, and, and that was the only 30 seconds of my life that I was home. I feel like looking back that night, I was truly humble for a minute. I was so humble. I walked into God's dead and he was like, hi. And he put his hand on my shoulder and I was like, Ugh! and then I ran out. And then of course, the first thing I did with that humility is I went to rush over to some donut shop where my friends were hanging out doing acid and I started preaching to them about God. <laughs> so anyways, that's what happened. And I, and I, and I knew, and I, and I became obsessed with not drinking. Wow. And you've been sober since then. Yeah. But when I took a year cake, the obsession returned. Mm. completely and that's a whole nother story but you still have to do the work is the bottom line that right. i still have to do still have to do the work right so i it's been strange i've been hearing a lot on this podcast and just people i've been talking to lately the common theme lately has been these profound spiritual experiences that alcoholics have but it doesn't sustain their sobriety Right. And I've been hearing crazy wild stories. The sponsee Jesus showed up in her fucking living room and all this stuff, but it's not enough to keep us sober. No. So um, I, that's kind of what you're saying as well. So my last day was the f- one moment in all of my 36 years of life, 34, I don't know how old I was, 34 or something. And for one 10 minute period, I knew I could not blame any person, place, or thing that it was me and that had never come to me before. And it was a profound spiritual experience walking home after the worst day of my life and knowing it was me. And you could not have manufactured that. 
that that wasn't me. I'm not going to blame myself, but that's how I know this book is divinely written. This motherfucker, Bill W., did not just one day go, crikey, the solution is I'm the problem. Oh, no, he did not, because alcoholics aren't going to manufacture that as, as the problem. We are not going to decide we're the problem. We are creative geniuses making it your problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But I knew that nobody would, I knew immediately, I knew, like I said, that I would never be able to really, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. And it happened, it happened, it was, it was, it happened to like between these claps. This is how long it lasted. (sighs) That was a great story. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. That's good news. Every one of them has had gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. Well, that's really good news as well, isn't it? This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible, as a celebrated American statesman put it. Let's look at the record. So what I always like to point out, there's been people I've been talking to on the show, like who I've never met. Oh, like my guy before I, I, a friend just said, have him come on. But within 30 seconds of talking, I know that he has had this miracle manufactured in his life that he didn't create. And that's a lot of evidence, dude. I think you're like episode 32. That's 32 people of evidence that they did this stuff. And then a miracle took place in their life. And is it for you anything other than a miracle that you aren't drinking today or haven't thought of alcohol? Just saying it out loud, like turn, turns my stomach over, right? Is there a day in all the years you've been sober, which obviously are a lot and a lot more than me, that you still aren't like, holy shit, I'm still sober because it's such a miracle. Yeah, there was a period of time where I took it for granted. Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> um, it Actually, it was so painful that it drove me to the the message that I have today that changed my life and set me really free and is the reason I'm having a bitching day today all this time later. So, right. <laughs> so yeah. it, yes. it turned out okay. <laughs> no. Yes. I lose, I lose my faith though all the time. You know, I lost my faith yesterday. I, uh, we had a well, phone call with God, you, you know, and I, but, that's who you are. <laughs> but can I say something about that? You didn't yeah. really, because you're, 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 you might have felt that way, but your behavior, if you weren't allowed to talk, somebody would look at what you did yesterday and say, oh, yeah, she has deep faith. Okay, that's absolutely true. <laughs> so you have it for sure. Absolutely, I do. And yeah. I remember, so I was a year sober and I had to move back to Australia. The AA here, it's not the same. All I can say is it's not the same experience that I had in in Colorado. And I just got in so much pain within like a couple months. I just had to go back. You know, I, I convinced my husband just to send me on a plane, put me back. And I came into the meeting that got me sober. And I said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just in so much pain. And they're like, well, you're, you have faith. You're, you're just a woman seeking and being a seeker has been a hundred percent successful calling you in when I'm so embarrassed that I'm ugly crying. Right. For some reason, I 
still, you know, I'm seeing this tear thing as like a real problem. And I'm still seeking because I have faith that there's still a solution. So even in the darkest of my darks, I still have yes. faith. Yeah. Way better to be that way than one of the people who are, I have faith, I have faith, and I have faith. And then if you just watch what they do, no faith. There's no faith. But um, seeking is enough. Seeking is enough. Seeking is enough. Well, it says it. It says it in the <laughs> book. God couldn't would if he were thought. <laughs> Not if he were found. Not if he were finally located. You have to locate him and then you're okay. No. Keep looking. You found him if you're looking. Clay, like the revelations that come all the time, it's still coming. Like, so I just have the revelation right this moment. Seeking's enough. <laughs> like, seeking is faith. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Light bulb. Mind is blown. <laughs> somebody, somebody told me uh, one of the most comfort things that, comforting things I ever heard. I forget. I was going through it many years ago, maybe five years sober or something. And somebody said to me, and I felt like it was God talking through them. Yeah. And they were speaking as if they were God. And they said, God says, don't be afraid. If you know to look for me, you found me. Think until you have some experience of, of that. It's very abstract. It's such an abstract concept. Yeah. Yeah, but until then, uh, until the, you have that, it's just you don't have to drink on the four or five. You know what I mean? It's that. <laughs> you know, all of this whole Alcoholics Anonymous experience for me isn't so much. It's it's like the evidence comes just from the action. So I have to do all this uncomfortable stuff. It's like on page twenty six, it says there's a solution. You're not going to like it. That first month of oh. recovery. So uncomfortable. And today I get so uncomfortable. And so I don't have this. I do now looking at it, but I say I don't have this faith when I'm in the uncomfortability. It's not going to work this time. The problem's too big. The problem's too small. And as long as I keep turning. So this is the other, this is what you gave me this year, this huge, profound shit. I want what you have. Now, I don't say that because I'm an arrogant little shit, all right? I want what you have, which is strangely not being an arrogant little shit, right? I want what you have, which is love. And I never wanted that until I was this many years old. And I, how embarrassing to say that almost. Like, I didn't know that that was like an option, to be loving. I didn't know it was like an option to just meet people where they're at and like love them where they are. And I, you know, I was like mad since I was five and then I get to AA and I'm not mad anymore, but that's a lie. Yes, I am still mad. And like, I'm mad at AA. (laughs) That's new. And then like, I meet you and I have this experience with you And the first experience that I had after our God experience was another God experience where I'm sitting in your meeting, which is happy, Joyce, and 3, 3 p.m. on a every day, California time and 10 a.m. every day in Sydney time. If you want that super secret password, you give me a call. I had an experience with you where we just stuck around and helped somebody who was struggling. And it was an experience that I hadn't had before. 
I'm so arrogant and I'm so like, I'll just help you one-on-one. No need for all this love shit. And the way that I love people is very direct and sarcastic and like, pull your bootstraps up, bitch, get in the truck, you know, like, and and that can be effective. Um, It can be effective, but I just watched you and MM will call her and DF will call him. And we just loved this guy. Didn't we? Yes. For a while. We just loved on him. Yes. Um, Something like changed in me that day because I want to be that. And I'm embarrassed to say I never even wanted it before. I never even wanted to be that person before. I definitely never wanted to be that person. I really didn't. To find somebody less interested in this. I don't know if you could when I got here. Really? God? What? Pray? (laughs) Dumb. Service? Ew. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I don't even know. Those are words. I don't know. Yuck. Dumb. That is my favorite thing you say, by the way. Can you say why you say that? Because it's beautiful. When I was was a little kid, (laughs) I talked. When I was a little kid, I was always, and I still am, this has not changed. No. Um, just running off of the mouth with a bunch of jokes, and some of them work and some of them don't. Most of them don't. And, and a lot of times when I was a kid, it would be like, I would say something and it wasn't funny. And then just out loud, I would just judge it for everyone, just publicly. Dumb! So I was known as that. You'd see me running around the neighborhood, and I'd be like, dumb! running around just a little just a little shit a little beautiful it really hasn't changed besides the facial hair it really you know what it hasn't hasn't changed i'm still just like that yeah yeah but yeah that's why i say it but it's like yeah to find somebody less interested in this yeah you just couldn't Look look at the two of us i know it's disgusting. Do we look like people who are like, you know what? Let's go get our god on. Clay, I have neck tattoos. This is the most unbadass thing I could think of. Okay. <laughs> it really is. It's... Don't you know who I am? I'm supposed to be terrifying, not okay. trying to love you and show you a spiritual way of living beyond your wildest dreams. That okay. wasn't that wasn't my egoic story that I had written. <laughs> I'll see you that and I'll raise you this. How uncool is this? I am with my beautiful locks at Denny's with two people, combined age, 140. And I'm snacking on the stampler. And we're looking at this book. And they're arguing about it. And it's like, wow, that's sexy. It might have, it could have been one of the best two hours of your life. Actually, now from this perspective, I'm actually so jealous that I wasn't there to listen to that. I was like, can we talk about, we're going to talk about traditions now? Oh my God. Now I'm really getting turned on. This is amazing. I just got out of a seven month long tradition workshop. I know you did. That was going to be a full stop. Never. That was going to be a fuck no. That's going to be a hard so note for me, dog. That's going to be hard for me to top. 
as far as the uncool thing, you were in a seven, how long was it? Seven months long. It was only on a Thursday, but, uh, oh yeah, it was like two hours a day. Okay, I got one. Yeah. I'll see you that and I'll raise you this. I go to a convention years ago and they have round the clock meetings. And one of the meetings is called the women who care. No one's there. There's no women who care at the meeting. So <laughs> yeah. I'm appointed to, hey, Clay, will you lead this meeting? So I am leading a meeting at the Ramada at two in the morning on a Thursday called the Women Who Care Group. So my cheeks are yeah. so top that one. I got nothing, dude. Yeah, that's I a rough absolutely one. nothing. You, yeah, I mean you've won. You've won. You are literally <laughs> the most uncool friends I know. Uh, there it is. There it is, yet I want everything that you have. So here we are. Oh, I win because I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's true. You actually, dude, you just won. You just won. I was all in and you won. You took it all. There it is. You're jealous of that. You're jealous of that. You're jealous of Denny's, the sampler, Bonnie, Greg, <laughs> all the people I was hanging out with, the 2 a.m. Ramada. The empty room, the bad lighting. You're jealous of that. She brought it around and took the trophy. You, 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 I feel hoodwinked, but you won. You're welcome. That's it. Boom. <laughs> I have to go to my meeting in a minute. I know you do. And that's why I needed every minute with you. And yeah. um, I still want every meeting with you. And right now, you know, I, you know, I feel like I need to say this, and it's so embarrassing. Are you are you ready? I don't know why, but before you say it, I don't know why you're ever embarrassed. Everything I do is humiliating. I don't know why. I am a deeply flawed individual, but no, I'm not. Why do I keep saying that? I'm like an 80-20 at this point. You're not. You're you're I think you're amazing. 20% is still real rough, dude. Real rough. I think if you knew how rad you were, you would would never say that again. You don't think? Well, what no. I'm about to tell you is pretty pretty rough. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll take. Maybe you're gonna hoodwink me again. Maybe you just got me again. I feel like you have so much to offer, and I want what you have, but I find myself taking from you, and it really upsets me. Because I don't feel like I can give back to you what you've given to me. Now, I just had a little moment where I felt that way about my first sponsor. And hence what it says that we give this away for all those reasons, you know. And I've never been able to give her back anything. But I do give it to other people. So the question is, is knowing that everything you give me, I give to other people enough? For you, I'm, I don't have a. We talked about this yesterday. I don't. I don't feel like you take from me. I feel very. Um, blessed by this relationship. You know, I love you like my whole heart. Love you. Same here. I love you like my whole heart too. Okay. Well, that wasn't the bad thing. My bad thing is that I just had a birthday and I, I was you. like, yeah, a big one. I was like, 
I'm only going to invite people who have ever called me to ask how I am. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. It was a lot of people. Did anybody and, come? <laughs> like two friends. <laughs> well, that's twice what you need. That was the thought process because just recently for this little period of time, I was all like, everyone calls to take. But then at the same time, my life is only good because I give. So, but I do want you to feel like you are loved enough for all that you give me, because that would be nice. If you could feel the love that I have for you, that would, I'd appreciate that. I feel it. I feel it. Absolutely. And when we part ways, I feel elevated. That's good. That's like, that's dope. Me too. Yes. Look, I yes. stopped crying yesterday on the floor. Here we are. I have makeup on. I cried my whole makeup off yesterday. Look at like happy, joyous, free. We talked about God, the book, my homie yeah. Clay. Yeah. Thank you. We have everything. to say something cool before we part. We can't end on all this stuff, this Denny's kind of stuff. Dude, I mean, you're going to have to come up with it. I'm sitting here with a little dog. All right. I have nothing cool about me today except my neck tattoos. Um. I'm looking around for something. I got nothing. I mean, I, know, I, have, right? I have tea in the canteen. I have canteen, whatever it is called. I should be more. I should. I owe you an amends. I owe <laughs> my community amends. If anyone would like any to hang out with us, uh, yeah. within all of our entirety, coolness, you know, you yeah. actually can get in contact with us at that's on the book at hotmail.com. You can. Yes. Find my buddy Clay a bunch of places. The Happy Joyous and Three meeting filled with love. Uh, you can find him at say it again, sarcastic. Sarcastic.aa.book on Instagram and sarcasticbigbook.com. Everywhere. And you can also follow my you can follow my Beach Bod account. Actually, somebody started a Beach Bod 29 Instagram account yesterday. <laughs> and they were just liking all my stuff and they made me guess who it was, and it's somebody that I know. <laughs> sure anyway. it's incredible and you are incredible and thank you for spending this time with me and i love you so, so are you thank you I love thanks you. bye everyone dude have you even read the fucking book